love my church. Week two, week two. Now, uh, I see some people utilizing the uh, the giveaway. If you bring a first time guest, you get a free "I Love My Church" T shirt. Does anybody have one on? Oh, Ken, stand up, show them, show, show them the shirt. Yeah, turn around. Show show them your best side. There you go. Oh yeah. All right. You you get that shirt. If you bring a guest, a first time guest, you can get that shirt. Uh, and your guests can also have that shirt if they'd like, or they can have the special gift, uh, whichever they prefer. So I'm encouraging you. I'll do it to the end of, of January. Uh, find a first-time guest. Bring them with you. Get you. Love on your church. That's the way to do it. Uh, so growing up, uh, I went to church. Uh, I started going to church nine months before I was born. Uh, and I've really been there ever since. Some of you will get that when you get home. Um, and, and I grew up, uh, spending a lot of time in church. Uh, in fact, I would, me and my brothers would, would run the halls in church. We'd, we'd run around and then my mom would yell at me, stop running in the church. This is God's house. Right. You remember saying that all the time? Uh, I'd get beat often. Uh, there was, there was times that, you know, it, it resorted to physical violence in the church. You know, it's just whatever. Uh, and. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd carry my Bible, then I'd accidentally drop it. That's, the, that's God's Word. You take care of it. Uh, and so, you know, as, a child, as a child, church was very important to me. Now, taking care of the church was very important to my family. Now, I was taught growing up that we are here to take care of the church, not vice versa. Now, a lot of times, the culture looks at the church and says to it, take care of me. Take care of my needs. But did you know that the Bible actually tells us that we are called to be there for the church? We're not called to sit there and soak up everything the church has to offer us. We're called to get to be filled up, but then to pour out. Y'all know that, you know what happens to water when you, when you pour it in a glass and then you just leave it? What happens to it? It stagnates. Well, that's the way it is with our Christian walk. If we just continue just to be poured into and we never pour out, our water stagnates and we never have anything to do with it. And so what we have to understand is our culture looks at the church and says, what can you give me? But what God says to us is look at the church and say, what can I give to God? What can I give to him? So if you have your Bibles, grab them, go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, you hang out there, uh, I'm going to be there most of today, but I want to read you a verse before I get there. Uh, the verse I'm about to read you is James 1, 22 through 25, one of my favorite verses. Uh, I wish I could put this on, a, on the mantle and just put it behind me, so anytime you talk to me, you see this verse. So it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. What James is telling us is he's saying, don't just sit there and listen do something with it. It's not enough just to hear God's word if we do nothing with it. It's not enough to become a strong Christian if you never do anything with it. 
So what we're saying today is don't expect God's mission to advance if you're not willing to be a part of it. Don't just sit there and say, you know what? I want my church to grow and never invite anyone to church. Don't be surprised if your church doesn't grow if you never invite anyone. I can only be so appealing. I mean, just look at me. I, I, you know, I proposed to Crystal as fast as I could so she wouldn't change her mind. <laughs> and so, by the way, you can share that on Facebook if you want. But don't just sit on the sidelines and watch the game. Get into the game. You cannot affect the outcome of a game if you're sitting on the sidelines. You have to get in there and get to work. And most people are like, well, pastor, you just don't understand my life. You just don't understand how busy I am. And I'm just sitting there going, in light of eternity, in light of the time that we have here, is the things that you have to do far more important than making sure people hear about Jesus? You know, the world around us, if we're not saying to the world, we need you to come in our church, we need to grow our church, if we're not saying, let's grow our church, what we're saying inherently is what we're saying to the culture is, I'm fine with the way we are, and the rest of the world can just gotta die and go to hell, and I'm fine with it. I know that's extreme, but that's literally what we're saying. If we're saying our church is big enough, we don't need to grow it anymore, bitch. the rest of y'all can just go to hell, it's fine. I'm okay with it. But what we have to do is get out there and get to work. We've got to stop standing on the sidelines and get to work. It's going to be one of those days. Can y'all feel it? I can feel it. I'm getting all fired up and sweaty. And I'm, take the jacket off. Don't make me start swinging it. Okay. Because <laughs> I will. So today what we're talking about is how do I love my church by serving it? How do I love my church? By serving it. Oh, look at James there, all handsome, handing out those shoes. That was a fun day. Uh, I tell you what, I, you know, there's, I tell a lot of people that you can really gain a lot of things by serving. That day is the day we gave out uh, through Meridian and through uh, a lot of different AG organizations. We gave out shoes to all the Meridian kids in the school. That was a fun day. That was a fun day. One, one kid came up to was it Ethan and I? And he goes, thank y'all so much. This is the best Christmas present ever. I'm like, it's just shoes, dude, but okay. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like a Nintendo Switch or anything, but that's awesome. So that was, a, that was a good day. So how do I love my church? By serving it. The first way is do something. Do something. I know that seems simple, but it's not. Do something. Romans 12, I asked you to turn there. Starting in verse 1, I appear to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not conform to, to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, the Bible is telling us, do not be like the world. How, what is our world all about? 
Why do you think social media is so big in our world? Because we as a culture like to sit on the sidelines and comment on what is happening. With the advent of social media, you can literally sit on your couch and whine and complain about everything in the world and never have to leave and never have to do anything about it. So what Facebook has created is actually a culture of people that think they know everything but actually have never done anything. You know, what, what social media has created for me as a pastor is, is, very, is very challenging uh, because people see me on Facebook, they see me posting, they see all my kids, they see where my wife and I went to dinner last week and then expect to come up to me and start having a conversation like we're best friends. I've actually never met you. Happens all the time. <laughs> I'll literally be walking around in Walmart with my car and everyone's, hey, Pastor Tom, what's up, dude? I'm like, hey, you. What's up? Yeah, last night, literally, this happened. My mom and dad is my witness. Somebody came up to me, what's up, man? How are you? I'm like, yeah, what's up? He goes, you don't know who I am, do you? I go, not really. Can you tell me? Bad thing was, it was my wife's family. <laughs> I was supposed to know him. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> All fairness to me, she has a big family. My bad, okay? So if you see, I have trouble with knowing the people that I'm actually supposed to know, much less other people on Facebook that I've never actually met. Um, but what it, it tells us is it gets us used to sitting on the sidelines and complaining without actually doing anything. And I see that a lot in the church. There's a lot of people that have a lot of ideas to make the church go forward, but yet they don't actually want to do anything about it. One thing that I've started to circumvent as a pastor is people come up to me, hey, pastor, I got this awesome idea. Uh, I want to go do this, 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 and it'll take this, this, and this to, to make it happen. And I go, great, go do it. What are you waiting on? And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I was telling you because I thought you would I got plenty to do. God put that in your head. Go do it. The problem is we want to sit back and have an opinion about everything instead of actually doing something. God doesn't want you to be like the rest of the world. He doesn't want you to just sit on the sidelines and watch God's work happen. He wants you to actually get involved and do something. So it's so much easier to have an opinion than to actually get involved and do something. Everybody's got an opinion. You all know the old saying. You're thinking it in your head, thinking bad words in church. Everybody's got an opinion. The problem is they all stink. There's not a whole lot you can do about it. And so the thing is, it's okay to have an opinion, but do something about it. If you see something wrong in your church, if you see something not happening in your church, God showed that to you. So maybe he wants you to correct it. Maybe Pastor Todd doesn't have enough time to do that. Maybe he wants you to do that. I told you it's going to be one of them days, right? Okay, let's keep going. Number two, first thing, do something. Second, pull the weight of your giftings. Pull the weight of your giftings. Keep reading. Romans 12, verse 3. For by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, 
but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the function, do not have the same function. So we, through though many, are one body in Christ, individual members, one of another. So there's three truths in this verse. The first is there must be unity in the body. We have to work together. We are only as strong as our weakest member. Now, the reason the, reason the, the body is used is because the body has many functioning parts. If one part of your body ceases to function, are you going to have difficulties? Yes, the level of your difficulties depends on what part of your body shuts down. If I can no longer use my right arm, do you think that's going to affect me? Yes. Now, I'm right-handed, so I'm going to have to learn how to use my left hand. Now, that's going to be difficult for me. I'm going to have to learn. And so what I'm saying is, is if my arms in the church stop working, then we're not going to be as effective. And so you have to find out what part of the body you are, and you have to work together in unity so that we can work. You know, it reminds me of when my, all my kids were learning to walk. You know, you just, it's, it's a marvel to watch them because at any moment they can fall and bust their head and have to go to the ER. But somehow when that big head just leans forward, they take a step. Something inside of them just makes them do that. Because that's the way God created us. But what we have to understand is that's their body working in unity, doing what it's supposed to do. The same is true with us. If, if we feel the head falling, somebody, a leg or a foot, has to take that step to catch us before we bust our head. So if you see something blaringly obvious in your church that's not working, you know what you need to do? Fix it. Obviously, God gave you those giftings. Fix it. The second is we see diversity of its members. Like I said, each one of us are a different part. Now, I love to get up in front of people. Getting up in front of people is fine to me. And oftentimes, I'll go up to people and I'll need them to do something in the service. And I'll be like, hey, you're going to get up there. It's going to be good. You're going to say this. You're going to say that. And I could just see the stress rising up in their body. And the more I talk about what they're going to do, the more stress I see in them. And I'm just like, it's going to be okay. Not everyone's cut out to be a peer. Uh, you know, the greatest fear that anyone has is public speaking. The second fear is death. So you're actually more scared of public speaking than dying. Literally, it's, it's actually a study. And so what I'm saying is you're not all cut out. To, do, to, to speak in front of people. But I'm not cut out for grammar. Okay? Some of you may have noticed this. Sometimes, sometimes the media team blindly follows me and just writes whatever's on my page, which is not always a good thing. I tell them, these are my notes. These are to remind me what to say. These are not for public consumption. You have to make them normal for everyone else. I'm not good at grammar. In fact, Thanks be to my wife, or I never would have gotten a master's degree. She took every one of my papers and corrected the grammar before I turned them in. The content was great, but the sentence structure was terrible. I didn't know how to fix it. And so I need grammar people 
to make me work. So I can't do everything. The same is true with the body. There's some of you out there that are great at hospitality. If you come over to my house, we're going to have pizza, and it's going to be on a paper uh, napkin. What else do we need? Those of you that have been to my house, you know, I'll, I'll <laughs> I have a group at my house occasionally. I'll make coffee, and I'll, I'll get told that I'm doing it wrong because I'm supposed to serve it this way, not that way. Am, am I right, Spurgeon's? I'm like, it's just coffee. Put it in a cup. What does it matter? Or I'll, or I'll make it, and I'll go, coffee's ready, and my wife goes, pour it for them. I go, they got hands? What's the problem? <laughs> kind of like my father-in-law. My, I love him to death, and I'm going to tag him in this. My favorite thing that he does, I'll be over at his house, and he goes, hey, Todd, you want something to drink? I go, Sammy, that sounds great. He goes, uh, we got drinks in the fridge. Go grab you one. What? <laughs> Some of you are good at hospitality. Some of us are not. I'm just like, get, get your drink. You're good. You're good to go, man. But I need the hospitality people to tell me where I'm wrong. The third truth we see is that we see each member belongs to one another. We need each one of you doing what you do best together so that we can work together as a body. And so... One thing that I hear all the time, like literally all the time, and I didn't see this, say this last, uh, um, I didn't say this last service because I didn't actually see it in my notes. I was just preaching too much. But one thing I always hear about people and why they come back to the church, they're just like, I just love the worship. It's so good. I just love the worship team. It's the best. That's really the only reason we come to church. And I'm like, Really? That's the only reason you come back to the church? Yes. Pastor Krista, the worship team, they're so great. Like, there's no other reason you come to church. No, that's the No, is there another reason? <laughs> so, right. Have you ever tried to listen to a good sermon after bad worship? It's next to impossible. And I, I'm here to tell you, I've, I've traveled different areas, and I've, I've spoken at different places. It's very hard to get up and preach after qual after bad worship it is not hard to get up and preach after quality worship because the spirit's already working and so if we had bad worship and a good message it wouldn't be any good but thankfully we've got good worship and an okay message so we're all right you know they they balance each other out right they're not helping they're really just kind of agging you on over here just see krista's head Next, she's just going to, she's going to get her cape. Say, shh. Huh? Ken's chest. <laughs> anyway, so let's keep going before I get in too much trouble. The third, we first must do something. Second, pull the weight of our giftings. And third, ask God where you need to be. Ask God where you need to serve. Romans 12, skip down to verse 6. Having gifts that differ accordingly to grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches, let him teach. The one who exhorts in exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. God wants you to know what your gifts are. Now, Justin has very graciously 
posted an online spiritual gifts test on the Hope Church page. If you don't know what your spiritual gifts test, if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, get online, take that test, and learn. Because we need you to know your gifts. Now, recently, I, I taught a class, and I felt convicted to take a spiritual gifts test because I was asking them to do it, and I'm like, well, you know, I can't ask them to do it and not take it myself. And I actually found out that I had the spiritual gift of apostleship. Now, I was like, apostleship? And I, you know, being the awesome pastor I am, I had to look it up because I didn't actually know what it was. And actually, apostleship is the spiritual gift of planting new works for God. Now, I was like, okay, that's awesome. So that was two years ago. So if you know anything about Hope Church, we've planted a few churches between now and then. Because I said, well, I've got to utilize my gift. This is what God's gift has given me. Let's go. And so the same is true with you. If you know your gifts, you know how to work. But what you have to understand is ignorance of your spiritual gifts is not an excuse for not getting involved. Just because you don't know what your giftings are is not an excuse for not getting involved. Let me, let me tell you something. If you don't know what you need to do around here, try something. We are never as a staff sitting around in staff meeting going, you know what? We just have too many volunteers. I don't know what to do with them all. I really don't. Um, do y'all have any? Do y'all have any place I can put these extra volunteers that I have? We never do that. And so, if you need a place to serve, ask and try some things out. Tell our tell our ministry leaders. Say, hey, um, can I try this out for a couple months, and then we'll go from there. That's fine. And at the end of that two months, if you hate it. Don't give up. Do something else. It's not the end of the world. There's many things to do, okay? You know, if, if you want to try out for the worship team and you get up here and go American Idol on us, maybe it's not you. And I'm talking the bad American Idol. I'm not talking the good American Idol. I'm talking like the first couple episodes of American Idol where your mama tells you you sing good, but nobody else thinks so. Maybe that's not for you. But you know what? We might could use you and the kids. Maybe you're a loving person that kids run to. Maybe you're someone that I always see holding babies. Maybe that person, maybe you need to hold babies during a service so that moms can go to service and not have to worry about their children. Some of us have the spiritual gifts, and we just don't notice it. Some of you run around here making sure everyone's taken care of. So... Run around here and make sure everything else is taken care of too. God has given you things, and if you really think about it, you naturally tend towards your giftings as it is. You know, one of my giftings, obviously, is music. So I naturally tend towards those gifts. No one has to look at me and go, I, I wonder if he's gifted in music. I mean, I'm bebopping around, playing air, playing air drums in my... My car as I'm driving along, I literally do that. My parents actually told me one time when I was younger, they go, stop playing drums and put your hands on the wheel when you drive your car. I'm like, why? <laughs> Practicing, man. And so what you have to understand is we need you. We need each and every one of you. 
and we need your gifts. You have something that no one else has here at Hope Church. You have something to offer us that no one else can do because you are awesome just the way you are, and we need you. Guys, there's people that, that clean this place and do an awesome job doing it. You'll never see them, but you'll notice if you walk in and the church is dirty. But did you know that you can't worship in a dirty church? That's what they tell me. I don't know. I don't know if we actually could. I, I, I'm guessing we could, but they will not allow it. But that's because they want to take care of God's church. They want to take care of what's going on here. But they have that gift. So what does this mean for you? What does this mean for us? If you're new here at Hope Church, I always try to end the message with some questions uh, to challenge you throughout the week. Now, if you don't take notes, now may be a good time. You actually have a nice new uh, half-page bulletin that's blank on the back that you can take notes, not just write notes of, where are we going for lunch? You can actually write these down. Um, first question, is it time for you to do something? Have you stood on the sidelines far too long? Or maybe you've standing on the sidelines going, Pastor, you just don't understand my life. I'm just too busy. My answer to you is, so you're too busy to do what God's called you to do? I mean, I get you. You got things to take care of. But I'm sure you could prioritize some things in your life and give God some time. You know, there are things that you could do for the Lord from home. A lot of our people work from home. You know, with the joys of technology, you can do just about anything from your house. But do something. Don't just sit on the sidelines telling everybody how they should do it. Do it yourself. The second, do you need to be proactive in discovering your gifts? Do you need to be proactive in discovering your gifts? Some of you have no idea what your gifts are. Some of you have absolutely every idea what your gifts are you're just too scared to do them now i say scared and i could say scared because i was in that boat i was scared to become a pastor i was scared to do what i want that i'm doing now but what god is saying to you today is don't be scared i know you don't think that you can do this but the good news is is you can't do this i'm gonna do it for you so the great thing about the spiritual gifts is when you serve God, he gives you the supernatural ability to do what you thought you couldn't do. But you have to take that step. You have to take that step of faith before the spirit can take over. The last question as the band comes back. Are you ready to pull the weight and make Hope Church great? Are you ready to pull your weight and make Hope Church great? That's a good line. I just realized that kind of rhymes. It's the fourth time I've preached that, and I realized that it just rhymed. Pull your weight and make Hope Church great. We should put that on a wall somewhere. It takes me four services to realize that. It's good. It's good stuff. What that means, guys, is all I need you to do is what you do. I don't need you to do any more, but I don't need you to do any less. I need you to do everything that God has given you to do. Do all that you can do. 
and don't do anything more. But please don't do anything less because we need you. So my encouragement for you today is, where is God calling you? The question is not if God is calling you to do something. The question is, where is God calling you? What is God calling you to? And so today we're going to have our pastors up here at the front. There's going to be some here at the front for you uh, introverts. We're going to have some people along the back. And what I want you to do is, is if God's calling you to do something and you're just sitting there, go talk to one of them. Now, they may not have all the answers, but they can connect you with somebody that can place you. They can connect you with somebody that can put you in the right place. But don't sit on the sidelines any longer. You may have watched all the awesome things that God did in 2017, but don't just sit there and watch in 2018. Get involved. See somebody baptized because you shared Jesus with them. That's something that'll get your heart going. But don't just sit and watch God work. You get the opportunity to be a part. So as we sing this next song, you have an opportunity. Don't get up, run to the bathroom, go get something to drink, hurry to your car to go to lunch. Take some time and ask God, God, in 2018, what would you have me to do? In 2018, where can I make Hope Church great? And sit and wait for him to answer. And he may not answer today. But just be ready. Because when you ask, he might knock you upside the head and say, it's what I've been telling you to do all along. What took you so long? So our pastors, our prayer partners will be here to pray with you. We'd love to pray with you. But take this time and deal with God. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are an awesome God. Lord, I thank you that no matter how much we run away from you, no matter how much we try to hide, you still love us. So Lord, I pray today as we step out, I pray today as we ask you where we can serve, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us loud and clear. Lord, I pray that you would just help us to no longer stand on the sidelines watching the game, Lord, but I pray that you would help us to get in the game to do something. Lord, this is the way we can love our church. So, Lord, I pray today that you would speak and we would respond. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's stand and worship him. Let this place you up with praise.